What up, world? Pass first point guard and Trailblazer reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, and now also on YouTube. Uh, I said I was going to make an arbitrary goal. Here's an arbitrary goal. We're at about 1,300 YouTube subscribers. Let's get to 2,000 by 2022. Uh, if you're listening to the show and have not subscribed, go ahead and smash that subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube and you haven't subscribed, it won't hurt you. Smash that subscribe button. Uh, longtime listener, if you haven't done it, don't wait. Do it now. Like I said, we're trying to grow. We're 2,000 by 2,000 by 2022. We can get there, uh, but you got to join up if you haven't already to help us do it. Today's show, we're going to talk about the Blazers' 129-107 loss in Salt Lake City to the Utah Jazz. Uh, oof. <laughs> Closing up a three-game road trip with another loss, uh, 0-3 against Sacramento, Golden State, and, and Utah. They're, they actually play back-to-back, so they, they get a chance to redeem themselves, and that's what we'll talk about uh, to close the show. Some reasons for optimism. It's um, They're a mess, but it's not all doom. it's not all doom and gloom. But before we get into all that, Let's do what we do with this time. The fastest recap in the West. The Blazers lose 129-107 to the Utah Jazz. Portland was actually up 23-21 after one. They looked fine. You know, it wasn't a good, really ugly first two-minute start, but like um, it happens. Game's long, and they were they hung right there with Utah, who wasn't hitting shots early. But the Jazz pushed back in the second quarter, led by as many as 10, and went into the break up by four. And then the fourth quarter is when Utah just asserted its dominance. They came out really hot out of the gates on a, a 14-2 run. Uh, and they, um, Donovan Mitchell had 14 as Utah scored 41 points in the third quarter. But luckily for the Blazers, Anthony Simons is on their team and he helped them. He helped that offense stay afloat. What well, the Blazers gave up 41, but they scored 35 and found themselves only down 10 after three. And all things considered, as bad as it looked, down 10 after three wasn't the worst place to be. Now, um, it wasn't a super hopeful 10 point deficit, but it wasn't. Um, you know, this looks like they were going to let go of the rope and they didn't let go of the rope in the third quarter. They waited to let go of the rope until the fourth quarter happened. Only got within single digits once. They never got closer than nine. And at the 336 mark, down 16, Chauncey Billups, knowing his team played the next night, waved the white flag, emptied the bench. And that was it. A Blazer team never threatened in the fourth quarter, never threatened after halftime, did not lead after that first quarter. That ball game as the Jazz, who are a very good team, totally outclassed the Blazers, who looked like a team not in that stratosphere. For the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell had 30. Jordan Clarkson had 22 off the bench. Rudy Gobert dunked the ball eight times, finished with 21 points, 16 rebounds. Eight of his nine field goals were dunks. Uh, Bogdanovich, 13 for the Jazz, um, who hit 19 of 46 three-pointers. They get them up, and tonight they were hitting them. Uh, Blazers were led by Anthony Simons, who had 24. He had a really good night. More on him in a moment. And Yusuf Nurkic, who had 24 points, 10 rebounds. Really, really solid Nurk game. Uh, there was he was he was probably the hardest pay, playing Blazer for a lot of it. 19 points for CJ McCollum to go with six assists. And Damian Lillard, 11 points, six boards, five assists. He's four of 12, one of four from three. I would call this Dame's worst game of the season. Uh, I thought he was horrific on defense. Uh, I thought he was. You know, he got he took twelve shots. He just has to be more assertive. Um, you know, some of it is like he's being smart, right? He's taking he's 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 like reading the defense and taking what they give him. But um, the Damian Lord of old would put his mark on the game by being a little bit more of a ball hog. And I thought Dame kind of um, I thought his body language was bad, and I thought his defense was horrific. And this was I, I'm calling this Dame's worst game of the year. Uh, they, they, he was 
he was straight up capital B bad. That's your fastest recap in the West with a little bit of editorializing at the end. I probably should have given you the fastest recap before I got into Dame. He was, um, he was really frustrating. He was, this was a bad Dame game. The Blazers aren't meant to, their Blazers aren't built for him to be bad. Uh, Robert Covington, a scoreless night. And the Blazers played this game without Norman Powell, who missed the game with a quad contusion. Tony Snell started in his place, but did not start the second half. N- Nazir Little, who was maybe the more popular choice uh, by, by many, or, or probably the more popular pick, prediction rather, um, to start in that small forward spot. He started the second half. Uh, Snell wasn't particularly good. He was part of a slow start, but he wasn't, um, you know, he was the first sub. And I understand why Billups did it because it allows you to preserve. It doesn't let you preserve the rotation. That's nonsense because if you're missing a player, the rotation is preserved, but it preserves the first sub pattern. And I, I understand why coaches do that. I didn't think, um, I didn't think the Snell thing was super egregious. And I thought Nas had a bad game. I thought he looked, um, he just got, I thought he got lost a couple times on defense, just running into screens or trying to, uh, three separate times, trying to um, shoot the gap on a screen and giving up a three to Ingles and Bogdanovich. You've got to just stay with those dudes and make them put a ball, put the ball on the floor. Um, it's just know your personnel. That's it. He, it, it was a bad Nas game. It happens. Um, he's, he's a better defender on the ball than he is off the ball, to be certain. Uh, Larry Nance didn't do anything. This was not a good Nance game. I thought... I thought Cody Zeller was a bright spot, but eight and six in a game that you, in a game that you lose by twenty two uh, doesn't usually get you top billing. Uh, the the Jazz were without Royce O'Neal and basically without Mike Conley, who went one for four from the floor, finished with two points and six assists. A, a quiet night uh, from Conley, and it didn't matter because the Jazz rolled because they just got whatever they wanted. This was a night where the Blazers' defensive schemes looked like it, it took the Jazz six possessions maybe to figure it out maybe generously nine possessions to figure out what the Blazers were going to do and then they just got whatever they wanted it was uh when they send to the ball or they show high on pick and rolls Gobert dives early or sometimes dives without setting the screen now he's in the middle of the paint and he's big the low man has to come help the Blazers low man because of who they have on the roster is almost always a small person or Robert Covington the biggest dude you put Nurk in the pick and rolls and then you the, your biggest help defender against Gobert is Covington and even if that help is there which a lot of times it wasn't and Gobert got a bunch of easy dunks or or they would roll to the rim and, and get an alley-oop um the ball would rotate out of there and the Jazz would get threes it was just all t- all types of every flavor of bad news this was a just a brutal brutal game for the Blazers but I don't actually think it's that notable. Like I feel the same way as I feel about um, I feel about the game against the Warriors. And I had um, I had a, a, someone text me to be like, "Wow, I'm I'm basically more upset about the Warriors game than you are after listening." So, uh, dear listener, if, if, anonymous listener, if you're listening again, like I feel the same way. I feel the same way. I, the Blazers aren't as good as the Warriors. They're not as good as the Jazz. I, I, and they're a bad road team. These felt like losses on the schedule heading into this weekend. I. These felt like losses. This one is much like the, the the thing I come away after the Blazers go 0-3 on this road trip is like that loss in Sacramento looks worse every second. Every second looks worse. Um, it's, you know, you needed you needed two stops in the final three minutes against a bad Kings team missing their two best players. And then you go one and two on the trip. And sure, you lose to the Jazz and lose to the Warriors and don't look competitive, but you just stack wins. You've got, you've got 65 games or whatever, 55 games to kind of like solve some of your issues you're probably not going to get in the echelon that the jazz and the and the 
Warriors are. But you can't, you won't even get in the dance if you can't beat bad teams on the road. And that Sacramento loss looms larger than this, where, um, you know, the Jazz have been worse at home this season than they have over the last two years. Uh, I, I think two years ago, they didn't even lose four games at home all year. They're eight and four right now. Um, but this is a really good team, um, despite losing to the Pelicans at home earlier this week. But like, this is a really good team. I didn't expect the Blazers to win this game. I am, I'm mostly unmoved by the results. Again, like the context of it, like not competitive in the second half and, um, and a, a pre- predictably stale performance, predictably bad loss. Like, yeah, the, under context, like this seems, this is bad news. But like the troubling part is, I guess that I'm again, not surprised that the Blazers lost to a, to a good team. This isn't, I like, I'm, I'm less freaked out about this like performance necessarily than the, the fact that this performance like the uh, Warriors game doesn't like, it, it doesn't really rate that highly for me. Like, it's like, yeah, duh, <laughs> of course they did it. And I think that's more damning than anything else right now, quite frankly. What I want to do in the second segment is unpack some numbers. The Blazers are a terrible road team. They're 1-10 away from home. The only, only other team in the league with the worst home record is Houston Rockets, who are a cool 0-11. The Blazers won road win against those very same Houston Rockets. Um, I think you could argue that if this, if this is not the worst road team in the NBA, um, they are the worst road team in the NBA that plans on being a playoff team. And that is by a considerable margin. So let's unpack some of the numbers behind that. Talk a little bit more about kind of what the Blazers can do um, and give a little praise to Anthony Simons because he was really, really good in this game. Really, really good in this game. Um, But, you know, we we had to lead with the real and then we'll get into the rosy as we close out the show. But before we do that, I want to tell y'all about Truebill. Look, if if you have ever had a free trial renew, you might be someone who needs Truebill because free trials renewing after you've already, after you tried to get your free week and you missed it by four hours. Well, that's a business model. It's their scam for greedy corporations to take money out of your pocket. So why don't you download Truebill and take control of your subscriptions? Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want, you don't need, or you simply forgot about. And on average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. It's more than one tap. You're paying for a service so you don't have to tap at all. I use Truebill to kind of get an eye on my... Um, subscriptions and it was it, under 10 minutes I signed up and had it was looking at all of them it was it was super simple so don't fall for subscription scams start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA go right now truebill.com slash locked on NBA it could save you thousands a year that's truebill.com slash locked on NBA all right so we talked about the Blazers troubling 129-107 loss to the Jazz. Let me say this, because he didn't get enough praise in the first segment because I'm, I'm in my more natural state of pessimism. And if you've stuck with me to segment number two, you deserve a little positivity. We're going to close the show with more positivity. We've got to do a little more pessimism first, but we'll get to the positivity, I promise. Every time was great in this game. Great in this game. And Nurk was great in this game too. Um, Ant is, you know, he had, he had a stretch where he was shooting 30% from three over five games. Uh, people have bad shooting stretches. It's normal. It's, you know, Ant's and is basically an offense-only contributor, um, but he's when he's rolling, he is a damn good offensive player. And tonight, you kind of saw the arsenal. 24 points, 10 of 15, 4 of 7 from deep, stepping into three-pointers. Like, the ability to create a shot off the dribble, um, 
you know, the, the little one dribble kind of load up rhythm jumper that he has that looks so pure. He kind of has a funky shot, but he has a beautiful release. Like it's like the mechanics to get into it are, are a little funky, but boy, it looks good when it leaves his hands. And, and Ant is like this, if there was like something to say, okay, you know, I can point to and feel good about this game. Anthony Simon's having back-to-back really nice games against, um, you know, the second half in Golden State and, and tonight against Utah. It's like, you know, this is... This is you wanted to see this uh, one of the Blazers' young guys pop. Ant is really blossoming into the, the sort of self-creator, special offensive player that can have not only a long career in this league because he was going to have a long career in this league just because he's a shooter, but like he he could be like a Jordan Clarkson, Lou Will, Jamal Crawford, just like a dude who could get a bucket forever. And Anthony Simons looks like you know he could obviously take steps beyond that, but like right now he just looks like a bucket forever type of guy. The, there's more to it than that, and we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but I thought Ant was really good, and he deserves he deserves his um, his flowers, so to speak. Shout out to Eric and Sean. Um, Nurk was really good in this game too. Um, I thought he was getting punked a little bit by uh, Rudy Gobert, and sometimes when Nurk gets punked, he kind of um, lets go of the boat, bails out, or lets go of the rope, bails out. But um, he didn't. He didn't. He kept. He had. He had some juice in this game and played hard when the game was kind of like in that gray area of are they going to get blown out or are they going to like stage a comeback? Um, he just didn't get help from Damon and, and didn't really have um, much help from CJ. CJ wasn't bad. It was just kind of like a, a normal kind of below average offensive night. Dame was bad. Dame was capitally bad in this game. Um, and, and Nurk was, Nurk was good. Like this was a good Nurk game. Both those guys deserve, deserve their credit. So let's give it to them. Uh, more on those two in a moment. I, I, I want to look this up because a lot of you have, have I, not a lot of you, some people have said like, well, the Blazers are, are like a, a great home team. They're just bad on the road and if they can ever figure it out. So I want to look up the numbers behind this. Um, and there is something to it. The Blazers at home have the number one, I, I, I did just compared everyone's home performance in the NBA. This is based on NBA.com stats. So this isn't like the Blazers offensive rating versus the whole league. At, collectively, this is just when teams play at home. The Blazers have the number one offense for every team playing in their home arena the number one offense in the league and the number 13 defense of all teams playing at home in um this is it's like kind of cherry picking numbers i recognize that this is not like particularly meaningful but um i wanted to normalize it in some way and this felt like the best way to do that as opposed to saying the blazers at home versus the whole league because you get kind of mixed mixed results in there um but like that's that's kind of the platonic ideal of this blazer team that they're the number one offense in the team in the league and they're a slightly above average defense this is if you had if you were really optimistic about this team's chances which um many folks were um fans media alike like this is what you thought they'd be the number one offense in the league and a slightly above average defense and that would mean they were lights the hell out and i mean they're they're nine and one at home they are kind of lights the hell out in that arena um you know they've got some injury luck and all that but like you don't have to apologize for losses and like the numbers suggest that they've just been damn good like just just great the problem is on the road they are as bad as you could possibly expect they're 30th in defense the, the worst defensive team in the league on the road. Um, the numbers have an update as I'm recording this after the uh, Utah game, but they just <laughs> they just give up 129 points and allowed a team to shoot 52% from the floor and hit 19 threes on 41% shooting. So I can't imagine that they climbed out of the cellar. If they did, um, you know, these things change quickly. They play again tomorrow. We'll just update it um, in the future. Um, and they're 17th in offense. They're a below average offense and the worst defense in the league. They're as, they're as bad as you could... Um, you know, they don't profile as like a, as like, they don't profile as like the Rockets or the Thunder, right? Like a team that's going to compete for a, for a bottom three pick, but they don't, they, they're a, they would be like 
out of the play-in round, right? Like there would be a lottery. This is a lottery bound, no hope type team on the road. And they look like it and the numbers kind of back that up. And I wanted to, um, some people had, had, some listeners were curious about that and had, had posed that, had posed like, you know, dig into the numbers because they know that I'm a guy who will do that. So um, I, I did that for you. Here's kind of what I, where I'm at though, like looking at these numbers and watching this game and just kind of like um, where I'm, where I've landed one, the Blazers are just, they're kind of a bummer right now. So like, if you're listening to this podcast, thank you sincerely. Thanks. Thanks. You're really sticking with it. I appreciate you. Um, like, but there don't, there just aren't solutions on the roster. Like I look at Amphrey Simons played this game and I say, man, he kicked ass. Like he was, man, Ant was so, so, so good. Um, and this is a night with no norm. Right. But like you put Ant in that norm spot and you're just too small. Like you're just too small. Either Ant or CJ is not a three and they can't, they're just not physically able to do that either with their length or their strength to like truly guard threes. And then you have, you're just really small up front. But so like the solution to the Blazers woes here isn't on the roster because more Ant, like there is, there is not a good way to have more Ant without just like straight up not playing CJ McCollum. Like just, just like CJ played 38 minutes tonight, way too many, but um, like, you could flip flop their minutes, right? And give, give CJ or give Ant that kind of volume, like 38, um, 38 minutes to, and to Ant's 29, like, sure. Okay. That's like, th- yeah, let's, let's go with that. Do I think that, that makes this team like appreciably better? No, like I, I think Ant would be really good in that role. Um, I still think CJ is a better basketball player, but I don't think like, I think you'll, I think you're going to get a lot out of Amphrey Simons. You play him 36 minutes. Like um, he can really score, but you're still going to have to play that guard trio together. Um, You just like this. There isn't the way this roster is built. The solution isn't there. You even, you look at a guy like Simons playing well, and it's just like, you're kind of at 30 minutes a night and 24 minutes off the bench. You're, you're, you're damn near maxing out at the contributions you can get from him. Like you've, you've almost reached the point where you you're getting as much as you could ask for from Ant. No fault of his own. That's just the way the roster is built. Um, I also kind of came away feeling sorry for um, Chance Billups to some extent, because I don't think he's done a wonderful job. Like, cause I think a lot of times um, he is not, this team isn't playing hard. And to some extent more than the X's and O's and the execution, just like getting guys to, to bring it every night while the responsibility is on the players to bring it like the mark of a good coach is that teams play really hard. Um, and I think there are some nights and some stretches where the Blazers just don't play hard. He's just like, he just hasn't, he hasn't reached them. Um, yeah, and there's some scheme stuff. Like, I understand what he's doing on defense. Last year, they played a very conservative style of defense, and they were um, god-awful, you know, 28, 29th in the league. This year, they're playing a more aggressive style of defense with, you know, asking more of guys in rotations and scrambling and all that. And they're they're bad again. Like, they're 28th. They're back down at the bottom again. So, like, this, they tried one scheme last year. They were bad. They tried a new scheme this year. They are bad. Like, it's... I don't bang on, on the coaching staff for that. I'm, I'm much more concerned about sort of the... the the level of effort every night, like the, just sort of the, the give a heck. Um, and I think some of that is obviously, like I said, the responsibility of players, but just like the mark of good coaches that their teams play really hard. And you don't always see that from the Blazers. Um, and whatever it is like from, from Billups, like I, I kind of feel for him because it feels like this team, um, it just like it got into a funk and he can't get him out. And he's still kind of, you know, figuring out and learning on the job. And also like he just, there isn't an obvious string that he can pull. Like in past seasons, it was like, okay, Mo Harkless is, is bad. Put in like, let's try Jake Lehman. Or it was like, you know what? This doesn't work. 
why, why not give Myers Leonard 10 minutes? Because at least he's seven feet and can shoot it. Like it's a whole new look. They don't, you like look down at the end of the bench with like, you know, Ben McLemore is not going to shake up and change the roster. Uh, you know, Cody Zeller's not an improvement over Nurk. Uh, you know, you could, you could insert uh, Nance in Rocco's minutes, but Nance has been bad at the four. His numbers next to Nurk aren't good. Like there's just not a, there's not an obvious lever to pull or there's not an obvious experiment to try. I guess the obvious one is like, give Anthony Simon CJ McCollum's minutes, something that is not going to happen for sort of like political and financial reasons. But like, there's just, there's no easy solution for, for, um, for Billups. Like he's, um, I don't think he's, done, I don't think he's done a particularly good job with his group, like as the results would suggest, but I also don't think he's been given a group that was, is particularly easy to excel with um, based on who they are. Like we kind of knew this team was going to be, um, they're worse than, than I thought they would be, right? Like, I thought they were going to be mediocre. You know, I thought they were going to be like, you know, six in the West. I picked them to finish six in the West. That's, I kind of still think they might end up there, but like, um, they look they look less sort of convincing than that. They look, they, they seem a little stale, right? They seem like, um, they, they seem just kind of like they just, um, everyone has tried this before and they know it's no good. So why keep trying it? That's kind of the vibe you get from around them, except sometimes they go home and they look like a good basketball team where they have the number one offense and a, and a above average defense with this group. Like there are, there are moments that you see it. And, and this is what I want to close the show with reasons for hope, reasons for hope for this team. Um, <laughs> they're not, they're not good right now. And they're not good when they leave the Moda center. But here's the thing, they come back to the Moda Center this week. So I'll give you some reasons for optimism to close the show. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's got you covered all season long. Whatever season that is. Football, basketball, hockey, MMA, soccer here and abroad. Whatever it is, you got more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. It's your number one spot for sports action all season. So head on over to their new and updated website. You can do it on your desktop. You can do it on your mobile phone. Sign up today. And if you're a first-time user, you will get a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On. So don't wait. Go take advantage of this amazing offer. It's Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. It's Bet Online where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. I promised you optimism. Let me hit you with it. The Blazers are a pretty good home team. They're 9-1 at the Moda Center. And they're set up for a long stretch of home games. They play, they're at home basically all of December. 11 of their 15 games are at home during the month of December including a four-game homestand that begins Tuesday, second night of the back, back against a bad Detroit Pistons team. Thursday, a bad San Antonio Spurs team. Saturday, an imminently winnable game against kind of a meh Boston Celtics team. And then Monday, they play the Clippers, who are good. One of the, They're not very good on offense, but they're the best one of the best defensive teams in the league. Um, they're, they're good. Uh, they come back with, um, you know... A, a tougher stretch after at Golden State, but a tougher stretch, Minnesota, Phoenix, Memphis, and Charlotte. Like, um, you know, all of those teams are solid, but you get them at home in December. Reasons for optimism. Like I said, this is this is the team with the number one, the best home offense in the league and above average de- defense at home. Like, they're a good basketball team at home. Um, there's some secret sauce to figure out how to make this team, like, normal normal mediocre when they leave portland like if they were mediocre i've said this a bunch i'll repeat again they go 30 and 11 in the moda center they go 20 and 21 away from the moda center that's kind of off the table now they're not gonna be that good but if they if it was like 
That's a 50-win team. You don't even have to win half your games. Now the Blazers are kind of looking at like, you know, 15 and 26 or something um, away from home. But like, you go 15 and 26 and you win 30 of your 41 home games, you're a 45-win team. A 45-win team is going to make the playoffs. Like, they're going to make the playoffs at that at that stage. They're like... This team can get fat and happy on home wins and home games, then racking up home wins, and they have a chance to do it right in front of them. Um, if you're, you know, 11 of their next 15 at home, um, you know, 10 home games in December, I'm counting the Pistons game, or I counted the Pistons game that happens on November 30th as a as a November game because, or as a December game, because I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. But like, this is it. Like, this is two winnable games. Um Shout out to the homie Casey Anderson who said, like, call me when the Blazers lose to a bad team. And, like, this is it. Like, they they just played two good teams. They they played two good teams. They got shellacked. They got shellacked. I don't know if they got shellacked. But they got, um, they got beat. They got beat in games that they weren't, they just weren't competitive in when it mattered, right? Like, they just weren't there. Um, and they, they, they kind of faded and, and didn't, didn't have a real shot at the end of either of those games against good teams on the road. Here's the thing this week, they play some bad teams at home, get fat and happy, get right, get it. This is December is your chance to get right. December is also December 15th is when sort of the trade market is going to open up in earnest. The Blazers might be able to fix their roster via trade. Who knows what's um, really going on with the sort of Neil Olshay investigation and whether ownership would allow him to reshape the roster while his future with the team is still being considered. But if you want to think optimistic is what we're doing in this segment is like, yeah, um, there's a chance that when you get to mid-December, you get past Christmas uh, and the Blazers have played a bunch of road game or a bunch of home games, they will be in a, a good position record-wise and a chance to upgrade the roster before a um, home or a road heavy stretch hits in January and February. Like this is, this is it, this next stretch of games. I don't, I don't want to say like it'll define their season because I've watched the Blazers be um, pretty bad in January and come back to have successful years. Like I've just, I've watched this team start slow and close strong a lot of times. And while we may have attributed that to some sort of special seasoning of Terry Stotts, it might a lot like the defense be more about the, the dudes on the roster um, kind of getting, finding their form and, and kind of getting, hitting strides late in, late in the season. Um, no guarantee that that happens in the way that it hasn't always happened with Stotts teams in the past, but like, I won't, um, you know, I'm not hyperbole sells on Twitter. This is not what I do here. Like I want to be earnest and honest about my feelings. I kind of think they suck right now, but I don't think that them being bad on November 29th has any effect on January 3rd. Like, um, they've got a month to get right. And they've got a month with home, home heavy games. Uh, the Pistons are bad. The Spurs are, are, they've got some players, but they're, they're, they, they play young guys. Um, they just, they aren't very good. There's, they're not a team that's likely to challenge for the playoffs. Boston's kind of up and down, um, kind of a, a weird switchy team for the Blazers to, to guard a little bit and have to go at, but like Boston's not particularly good. And, and the Blazers have showed that they can beat the Clippers and also show they get crushed by the Clippers. But like, four winnable games right ahead of them. And if they win four in a row, like don't buy the fool's gold, like don't get caught on the other side of hyperbole thinking like they're back if they're 14 and 11. But like this, it, it doesn't really matter their road record because they're going to play, you know, eight of their next nine in the Moda Center. Like it's, they just play boatload of home games. It, it's here for them. It's right in front of them. They don't have to face their weaknesses. They just have to fatten up on home wins. And then you don't have to give them back, right? You just stack them and say, let's go. We're okay. Um, your problems will come and f- come 
to a head, right? Like they'll they'll come and get you. That's what the, is wonderful about the NBA. You cannot fake the funk. You play 80 games. Um, it's mostly a meritocracy, unless you're talking about like the 2001 Lakers that um, <laughs> you just have two of the five best players in the league, then you can sandbag it for literally 75 games. But like, it's it'll it'll come up it'll come up in January and February, but it doesn't come up on the schedule this month. Like this is they have an opportunity ahead of them to just get right, figure it out, win a bunch of games, and then what, what whatever comes comes right. Like then it'll get hard and challenging, and sort of the harsh realities of the NBA season will come back. But you don't have to you do not have to worry about that. You just have to be who you are. And right now this is a good fine to maybe even just straight up good home team and a horrific road team and you win you you rack up these wins you roll off um you know you you push this home winning streak you win this you win these four games go into golden state and get smoked and you're gonna feel terrible you come back and get four more games at home right like it's it's right there for you um the reason for optimism is that like the schedule has has set up for them. November was tough with a whole bunch of back-to-backs and it ends with a back-to-back here in fitting fashion. Um, you know, they weren't going to get, it wasn't going to be super easy from now the break, even if they've gotten a lot of injury luck this season, like for sure. And even if they look a mess, like they look a mess, that's, it, it is what it is. Like this is their chance. Um, and like I said, it's, this isn't a make or break stretch, but this is a stretch to, this is a stretch to fatten up and not give them back. This is a stretch to this is a stretch to um, know that your road woes are coming, and know that that um, there are long road trips ahead. But while you have these homestands, these pre-Christmas homestands, go ahead and rack up the wins while no one, while casual fans aren't paying attention to the NBA. And then what kind of happened in Salt Lake City and San Francisco this weekend doesn't seem as uh, like a big deal. It's still part of the picture. We want we won't ignore it here. Like I'm not ahead of my sand guy, head in the sand guy. Like as 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 like I said, it's like. This isn't a place for hyperbole. I'm not. Um, I'm not trying to freak out or go on crazy rants. Like I'm trying to keep it as. Um, I'm trying to do the like NBA thing of never too high, never too low. But like I want to keep it real. Like this team, they are. They do not look like they're in the upper echelon in the West. But to get in the dance and to give themselves a chance to sort of be in the mix and then make a trade to jump up into that echelon or just change change the vibes, change the juju and have a um, you know, a puncher's chance to be competitive in the playoffs, they gotta do it in December. Like if if this is it, if this stretch, if they're kind of mediocre at home, you know what it is. But if if they are who they've been at home, which is a very good home team and they rack up a bunch of wins, they'll be in good position and then we can worry about what's next when next comes. That's your optimism. I told you I'd find it. Anthony Simons and Nurk were pretty good and they got a bunch of home games. There's still hope out there, baby. Don't give up. In fact, don't give up at all. Come back and listen to this podcast. We do it five days a week, free wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. We're getting to 2,000 subscribers by 2022 and you're going to help because if you haven't subscribed yet, you're going to smash that subscribe button or you're going to go to YouTube, find that button and smash it yourself. 2,000 subscribers by 2022. Help me get there. Go subscribe. Also, tell your friends about this podcast. It's available wherever you get podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers. We'll be right there waiting for you. Pistons tomorrow night. So that means in your feed on Wednesday, we'll have a recap of that game. We'll do a mailbag later this week. Jason Quick will join the podcast. We've got a ton of fun. We're not going anywhere. Even if the Blazers look bad against the Jazz, this podcast rolls forward. So roll with us. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.